Um, this, this, this. Okay, it, this is a year of extreme fruitfulness. Can, can, you, can you declare that with me? This is a year of extreme fruitfulness. This isn't just a year of fruitfulness. It's a year of, in italics, extreme fruitfulness. And I'm sure, more than, and I'm sure that in a few weeks I'll have some kind of fancy graphic that goes extreme fruitfulness. Um, but that's important. That's what I want us to, to, to bear in mind, that we're not just going to have the same fruit that we've enjoyed last year, but there's going to be so much more of it. And so much more, uh, so many more different ways in which we will, we will develop fruit and we will recognize fruit. It's all about the fruit this year. And uh, I don't know, God just said to me, you need to get Sarah speaking at one point and I'm sure she'll bring a bowl of fruit in. Uh, and maybe her fruit animals. Oh, your fruit animals. And vegetables. The vegetables, was it? Veggie friends. It's close. It's close. Fruit friends. <laughs> Nobody knows what we're talking about. Okay, um, this is our override. I think this is our overriding scripture. There's actually quite a lot in um, in it's John 15. John 15. There's quite a lot in that, and I read that whole thing last last week um, for the intimate crowd that were here. Um, uh, but that's kind of the thing that's really pulling out of that. And, and I'm gonna, I will talk about it briefly in this in this in this talk that I've got here, but. Um, I'm the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you'll bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So just to say, apart from being in God's presence, we can do nothing. That, that, is, that is what we're chasing. That's not, we don't have to chase after it. I know it's kind of how you say these things. But we just, just rest in his presence, actually. No chasing going on. Just rest in his presence. And as we do that, as we abide in him, and as he abides in us, that's the cool thing, isn't it? That the creator of the universe abides in you. Oh, like, you wonder why in charismatic kind of Pentecostal circles, people do weird and wonderful and wacky things. Because, hey, when the God of the universe is residing in you, it's like, wow. I mean, you know, let's not forget, God like, had to put somebody in the, in, the, in the crack of a rock so he didn't see his whole glory. Because it would just, just explode. But he's now residing in us because of what Jesus did. That's amazing. So the next time somebody's roaring like a lion and cuckooing like a cuckooey thing. Thanks. I was kind of doing cockerel and dove at the same time. Don't matter. Maybe you could do that. Or just going, hey, which I find weird. Um, it doesn't matter. It's God. And God can do, can do what he wants and can speak to us and, uh, and, and just break out. So I'm, I'm going to go off on another preach. So just take that away now. That's great. Um, Genesis 1, 26 to 28. Genesis 1 to 26, 28. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dem- If you're confused about that, by the way, it's because that's Jesus, the Father, and the Holy Spirit. That's what he's referring to. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Pause. Everybody's made in the image of God. Yes. Yes. Even people you don't like. They're made in the image of God. Everyone is made in the image of God. 
male and female, he created them. Male and female. Then God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Now get this. This doesn't refer to what humans must do to please God. But actually, what God does does for and through humankind. The text says this. Then God blessed them and said... This, I want to stress, because sometimes, depending where you look on the internet or how you might even think about it, this is a blessing, not a commandment. I I repeat that, just it says it, then God blessed them and said. So so, so he's saying it within a blessing. Now, um, who's a parent in here? Who's had children? Who's been present when those children have been born? Hopefully all the ladies. How would that work? <laughs> Sarah? No. Okay. So imagine the... F- Im- can you think back to the first words you said to your baby? Have a, have a little... Or, or your many babies, if you've had a few. Have, have a little think. <laughs> Bit late for that, I would say, at that point. At that point to go, where did that come from? I wondered what we were doing here. Um, so the first words, were they a commandment? Would you say they were a blessing? Certainly weren't a, you certainly didn't curse your baby, did you? Except for Mike, went, what? <laughs> Which one did you say that to? Emily? No. What? <laughs> you greet, oh, tell me how you did that. What did you do? What? Uh, hello. I'm Mike, pleased to meet you. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, I said this in my little notes here. Maybe it was, hello, baby. Pretty sure that's what I said. Hello, baby. I held all my kids for the first, I was the first parent to hold all my children because Kathy was otherwise indisposed. Because she'd, she'd had a major operation. Every, every one of our children, unfortunately, had to be born by C-section. That's, that's pretty major, folks. Um, and so I, I, I had the absolute honour and privilege to hold every single one of them first. And, and whether they could see or not, I don't care. They, they all opened their eyes and saw me first. <laughs> hey, what's that? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. For the first two that were born by C-section, um, I, they said, would you like to see your baby when, when I don't know what the phrase is, when it comes out. Um, uh, I went, no, clean them up first. <laughs> I, I don't do with Ig. Uh, I don't do with that. The third one, Nathaniel, they went, look, you've got a baby. Went, <laughs> oh, it's beautiful. Clean him up. And then give him to me. <laughs> Just being honest. <laughs> um, Maybe, yeah, so you say, hello, babies, probably something like that. I don't know, something like that. What's that? You, what did you sing? Because you've got to have faith, the faith, no? What did you sing? How beautiful you are. Oh, 
what about, oh, this is a great question. What about anybody else? Can you remember what you said? Pat, Pete, can you remember? <laughs> Pete? Never again. Never, never again. <laughs> <laughs> is there a people of certain generation where you kind of regret after a while? What, what's going on? <laughs> okay, okay. All right, any, any, any beautiful, make it up, because I want to lift it up. I love you, I love you. What about you guys? Can you remember? Hello. Hello. It was me you're looking for. You guys, can you remember? No? Well, that was in the days of black and white, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Everything was black and white. Yeah. Oh. Welcome to a colourful world. Well, I yeah. Think, I, think, I think it was like you say, it's about touch and about yeah. closeness. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. You know, why don't you put your finger in their hands? Yeah. Things like that. After they clean them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just me. Yeah, I was traumatised. Anyway, let me move on, because um, we're not going to get through this. Uh, okay. So... Uh, there's wonderful things you guys just said that you said to your baby. Maybe you said things like, um, um, you're going to have a great life. You know, maybe, maybe you said that, I don't know. Uh, I'm going to take care of you. you know, what, what did you, can you remember? Because, I mean, yours wasn't so far, was it? I, I can't remember. You can't remember. I may have prophesied. Probably, probably. <laughs> did you have your staff no, in the delivery room? Oh. <laughs> I've just, Pete and Becca, can you remember? Hi. Hi. You're going to enjoy Grand Prix. That's what you said. Or you're going to sit for it. Ben. Um, I'm, I, I'm going to love you. You know, those kind of things. Wonderful things. And, and I think what's interesting is what we say in these things for, because the baby can't understand your words, can it? Unless, I don't know, unless you had some weird miracle child that could speak as soon as it was born. They can't really understand what you're saying, but you say them. You, they, exactly. No. Well, I'm getting to that. You, you, you kind of, yeah. You kind of. They, they know you, don't they? Yeah. But 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 those words, the actual words you're saying, I think you're saying them for yourself. Really, you're kind of declaring what you're declaring a blessing over your children. Um, we're making a promise. Quite often, to what, what we're going to do for them, what we're going to we say to them after we said those first few words, we're going to give you the best life. You know, we, we're going we're to try our best to take care of you in every way that we can. You know, you probably, words like that. I'm just trying to think of words that I kind of said to them when I was talking to them. Um, so we're in, we're imparting a blessing to this this new creation, aren't we? We're not given a commandment. And if you think about the scripture I've just read. That's God's first words to his creation. His, his babies. Is that heretical to say it that way? But you get what I'm saying. You know, the emotion behind it. And God is emotional. Because if we're made in God's image, we have all the emotions that he has. You know? Um, but his first words, so his first words he says to them is a blessing, I believe, not a commandment. You don't say to your child... Um, get a good job. You will, you will not cry. You will be the mother of thousands. You know. I don't know. Particularly if they're a boy, that's quite worrying. Um, 
Yeah. So, so this is what Father God is, is, is saying to his, his newborn, his newly created children. He's imparting a blessing. But he's, God, I think, he's saying to himself, I will give you the means to be fruitful. That's what he's saying it to himself, really. Maybe. I know that they're kind of adults and created like that. But he's saying to them, I will give you the means to multiply. Um, and through this, you'll fill the whole earth and you'll subdue it. Now, we know what happens next isn't cool. You know, man, man does some... Uh, Eve eats, eats the fruit of the tree. The, the man that stood next to her, he, he eats the fruit of the tree... And, and I'm not going to go into that whole thing, but, but they're kicked out of the garden. They're, they're, no, they were, some would say they're protected, they themselves were protected from eating the other tree. But anyway, they're out of the garden of Eden, and, and really the man has fallen. Man has disobeyed God. Man has, man has, has rebelled against his, his parent. And um, as, years, as the years go on, the earth becomes, becomes corrupt, doesn't it? And, and it becomes evil and deprived. Now, wow, think about this. Think on this. I know that God has a great plan, a big plan. These are his children, made in his image. But they become so corrupt, so degraded, so evil, that he has no choice but to wipe them out. I I don't really mind at this point whether you think it's an allegorical story, whether you think it's a literal story. That's not my point. My my, my point is that the Bible is trying to tell us something. And and the Bible, you you don't wipe out your children unless something... Well, I can't imagine doing that. I, I can't imagine doing that. So how far did humanity fall that God had... That, that, that seemed to be the only choice that, that, that God had to, to begin his, his rest, you know, to continue, sorry, his restorative process of redeeming creation. Because don't forget, we, you know, when we fell, creation fell. That the universe became corrupt. The universe cracked. The universe wasn't no longer what God wanted it to be. And that's how important you are to God, that, that, that your disobedience knackered the universe, you know. I say your disobedience, but you get my point, humankind's obedience. So he, he, ha- he, he, he has to wipe out the earth and clean it of sin and depravity. That's a mystery of God, how you can do that to your children. Um, I don't get it. I have the same emotions of God, but I can't imagine doing that. How painful was that? But then, let's zoom forward. How painful was it to let your son be hung on a cross? Before that, whipped so badly that you could see bone and blood and force him to carry a cross along a, a long path. And then hang him on a tree to die. Ben, think about your son. Think about your son. You know, any, anybody, and daughters, I guess, but, whew. but God is God. God knows what he's doing, and he has a plan. 
I went a little bit sideways, but because I wanted to do this, I want to move on to this, um, because even though even though humankind gets gets so deprived, he reminds of his blessing and continues his charge to help us be fruitful and multiply. Let me read you this: Genesis eight thirteen seventeen. And it came to pass in the six hundred and the first year, in the first month, the first day of the month, that the waters were dried up from the earth. So, so that the rain had come, the earth had been, uh, humankind and, and other, other creatures had been wiped out, uh, and, and the, the, the waters were receding, um, it stopped raining. Uh, and Noah removed the covering of the ark and looked, and indeed the surface of the ground was dry. And in the second month, on the 27th day of the month, the earth was dried. Then God spoke to Noah, saying, Go out of the ark, you and your wife, and your sons, and your sons' wives with you. Bring out every living thing of all flesh that is with you, birds, cattle, every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. This is similar, isn't it? Similar kind of words that are being used. So that they may abound in the earth. And then guess what he says? And be fruitful and multiply. So despite the depravity of humankind, God's blessing, he wants to continue. Be fruitful and multiply. Just on a very side note, I find it interesting that one of the first things Noah does, I think he builds an altar to God. I think that's one of the first things he does. But seemingly, one of the second things he does is build a, a grape, uh, a vineyard. He plants a vineyard, and then he gets very drunk. I'm not advocating getting very drunk, but Noah wanted a party, I think. After all that devastation, after all that stress, he's like, I need a beer. Or I need a glass of wine. And he gets drunk. And I, and I thought about that. And I know he's described as a righteous man in the sight of God. Yet he has a few too many glasses and gets quite drunk. Um, he wasn't perfect. But God still blessed him and said, you're going to multiply, even though he was that like that. And... We're like that. We, we work, at, we work and, 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 uh, every day to, say, to, to, to lead a life that is righteous and fruitful and faithful. But we fail every now and again. We, 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 we drop below a standard. But because of grace, we get to stand tall and go, God, I'm going to try again. And God goes, son, awesome. Come on, let me hold your hand and walk you with, with you. That's, that's cool. I'm not going to go into that story. I just think it's interesting as a side because do you know what? If I'd suffered that, I'd probably have a few glasses as well. I really would. I need to just calm those nerves a little bit. All right? Must have stank in the ark. I don't know about you. Anyway, but again, another slight aside. He builds a vineyard. He builds something that is fruitful. He builds something that is fruitful. And you know what? We can take that blessing, can't we? Be fruitful and multiply, and we can apply it to human multiplication particularly in light of that later passage, because, because Noah's apparently, again, I'm not arguing whether it's literal or, or allegorical, I'm just telling you the story, I'm, we can get in that to debate uh, apologetics if you want, um, but uh, he, he, you know, th- they've got to breed to, to recreate the human race, um, and, and, and he blesses those kids, and, 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 and he sees to it that they're fruitful. Think about, you know, he made us male and female, didn't he? Um, and and, and he, he, he's given us, and forgive the young folk, I hope it's okay, but he, he gave us a, 
instinctual desire. Instinctual desire. Thank you all. I'm trying to not pay it. Am I allowed to say it, youth pastor? Okay, a sexual desire. Okay, he gave us sexual desire and he gave us love. Okay? Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve is the archetypal. I had to check. I thought I was using that word right and I had to check, but it is. It's, it's the, it gave us the archetypal. I, got, I wrote it down right, said it wrong. Uh, archetypal marriage is the place for, among other things, among other things, joyful lovemaking. Slightly uncomfortable when I look at my in-laws, but I'll, I'll come, back, come back to here. It's a bit obvious what happens, isn't it? Hey, Dan? Um, marriage. Marriage is the God-given design between a man and a woman which family natu- naturally springs. Okay, I know I'm stepping into a potential territory here, but this is where I'm standing, okay? This is where I'm at. That's where family naturally springs. The place where children are created. I don't know any other way of doing that except between a a man and a woman. You know, you need those two things at least. And, And they're created and they're born and hopefully reared with love and wisdom. I'm really not going to get through this, and I apologise, guys, but we can have part two another week. No, I'm not. It's already, it's already over time. I'll get to a point, and then I'll stop. Um, the biblical blessings show that marriage is the natural and safe place for humans to be open to and even eager for God's gift of children. Okay? But here's the thing, and I've said all this about you know, a man and a woman in a marriage multiplying, that's the place where ki- kids are, gro- are created and born. And I get that. And, and, but this blessing is, to, the, is, is, is to, to be fruitful and multiply is given to the whole human race. You'll see where I'm going in a second. So it's given to the whole human race. And yet, we all probably know someone who can't have children. Or, or we know of someone who knows someone who can't, who can't have children. Um... Maybe someone has a marriage that just hasn't worked out before they were able to, to have kids. And look, there comes a point. I, I, I'm not silly. You try your best. You, 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 you try and work out the, the promise that you made to each other. But sometimes, in very, and I would hope rare circumstances, but secular society determines that it's a bit too easy to get divorced. But, but I do know, I do recognise at some point, that's the only, that's the only way out. Um, maybe, maybe someone who, again, despite how hard they worked, and maybe that reason they're working too hard is why they're not getting married, um, uh, it just doesn't happen. Maybe they just want to be single. You ever thought about that? You know, in church, we kind of assume that everybody has to be married. Well, that's a very grandiose statement. I get that. But it is that feeling, isn't it? You know, it's generally a couple who are in leadership or a couple who are asked to do that. Well, why does it have to be that? You know, what, what about the single man or woman who, who has chosen that lifestyle? Um, and remember this, this blessing, be fruitful and multiply. And I, I, um, being single isn't plan B, is it? Jesus never married. Um, Paul, who wrote a lot of, of, of the New Testament, he never married. 
I don't think he did. I don't see it in Scripture. In fact, I think I read it in Scripture that, that, that he seems to validate remaining single for the sake of the ministry. Anybody read that in Scripture? Yeah. Um, so, so if fruitful and multiply were to be taken at just face value, get married, have sex, create kids. If that was it, then, and, and, and if it was a command rather than a blessing, then we'd have some pretty significant people being disobedient towards God, wouldn't we? Yeah. Um, the bottom line is that the children are a blessing from God and they are to be treated as such. But these first words of God is to his creation to, to be fruitful and multiply. So I believe that that blessing stretches much, much further than just procreation. Um, I, think, I think that that original blessing, which if, you, you know, if you're keeping up, um, we're reminded about after the fall. In fact, be fruitful, multiply, is said quite a lot in, in, in Genesis, the first book of the Bible. Um, it, it, it's actually about redeeming the earth. As I said earlier, it's about, it's about restoring that which is broken. And, and, and it's about seeing our spiritual family grow, isn't it? Um, it's about us becoming spiritual mums and dads. And, and that's, what, that's what we're after, actually, at Freedom Church. We, wa- we want to be spiritual mums and dads. Spiritual sons and daughters. Yes. Yes. You know, we, 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 we've, we've, we've got to be reaching out to the lost. We've got to remind them of their inheritance as, as people made in the image of God. And we've got to remind them who their heavenly daddy is. And we're blessed to do this at Freedom Church. We are blessed as a Freedom Church family. We're given all the tools. We're given the passion and the boldness to live out this awesome blessing of God. So this year, I'm going to finish in a sec. This year, not in a sec, a few secs put together into a few minutes. This year is a, is a year... Of extreme fruitfulness. Can we just say it again? This year is a year of extreme fruitfulness. And, and this vision is, is for us personally. It's, it's for me and Kath, personally. We, 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 we've, we, we're taking this and running with it as, as, as the Kelly family's thing. But it, it is also for us as Freedom Church. So why don't you take it? Take it and run with it. And, and, and say this year, this is a year of extreme fruitfulness for my family. For me and my family, whether that family is, is just one person, um, between, and, and you're still in, if you're a single person, you're still in a family because you, God is your heavenly father. So, so you're still in a family. Um, and, and, and we're your brothers and sisters. Spiritual family. Um, but with fruitfulness, is building upon the, the year of joy that we had in 2016. So we're going to keep on banging about this being an extreme year of uh, uh, blah, blah, blah. A, a, a year of extreme fruitfulness, just like we did saying this is a year where we're going to keep our joy on regardless of what, of what happens. And you know, uh, testimonies have passed, there have been some stuff that has happened last year that you know, could have stolen our joy and we chose not to. We chose to stand and go, we are going to be joyful. And I think this is just building on that, that foundation. <laughs> Excuse me. I don't know about you. I don't know about you. Here's the thing. When, when I used to hear the word vision, okay, um, I, I didn't really know what that meant. I, di- I didn't. I didn't really. What? Uh, what? Vision? Got a vision? Yay! 
And then you'd read somebody's going, you don't need to have a vision, just run with what you... And, and it's a nice statement, but seriously, where do you go with it? You know, where, where, do, you, where do you really go with that if you don't understand? Um, and, and, then, and then quite often you get the word mission. So what's your vision? What's your mission? You got your vision and your mission? And that gets even more confusing because vision and mission sound very similar. Like, you know... That, what, what was that that okay so what i'm saying is and i'm going to try and try and do this um uh i read a book recently i read many many books i, I love reading it's 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 a it's a good thing um and and that you can bring those two things together in this simple pragmatic view so here it is vision is what it says it is it is to see to to, to look at what you're aiming for and what's your overall desire what what are you seeing Okay, um, mission is how do you work that out on the ground, practical stuff, stuff that leads you towards seeing that vision fulfilled. Yeah. Do you understand that? Do you understand those two things? Okay, so that's, that's how I'm, I'm, I'm viewing that. You may have different definitions in your office. You may have different buzzwords. And, and vision and mission might even seem slightly different in those places. But when, I, when we talk about it, that's what we're going to talk about. It. Vision is seeing the big picture. The mission is those things that help that, see that big picture come to fruition. I'm quite sure what I did there, but fruition and fruitful seem quite similar. Um, so our vision, to declare a year of extreme fruitfulness. And, and, and as believers, we look to the Bible to help us define fruitfulness, as I have been doing. And, and as this example shows, um, part of our mission to fulfill our vision is to multiply. And if that's clear, then we can begin to ask questions of how we work that out. Because you can't have mission without first having a vision. You can tweet that. You can't have mission without first having a vision. Okay? The whole wide church, that's with a capital C, has a big vision. I, I think, anyway, um, which is to see heaven on earth, to see his kingdom come. Okay, the big mission for the church then, the, again, big church, is to become like Christ. And, 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 it, and it's to help disciple others to become like Christ. Mission for mankind hasn't changed since the beginning of the world. Be fruitful, multiply, and bring glory to God. So, if that's the big vision and the big mission, then how do we as Freedom Church outwork this locally in our family? And I'm going to tell you next week how we do that, because I've gone, I've gone way over time. So I'm going to keep you there, and you can put a dot, dot, dot in your notes. And I... Okay. Just, just lift your hands in the air. We're not going to say that just yet. Just declare over your your household, over your work. And this is the other thing as well. This year we, we're going to focus on how, how, do we, how do we help one another bless and reach others outside of this church environment. So we're talking about work and school. How do we really do that practically? Um, we'll, we'll talk about that year, later on. But um, this, so repeat after me. Um, this is a year of extreme fruitfulness. Please say that every day. Every morning, say it. 
And then next Sunday, I'm going to quickly ask, it's Family Sunday, so it'll be a bit weird. What's happened in that week? Because of that daily declaration. Okay? We're going to say this together. Um, I, I changed the wording so it's corporate. Okay? I, I know that. I know it's good. And we've been doing that. But I wanted to say it individually this morning. Okay? Um, I know that is good. And we will continue to do it corporately. Um, but I, I want you to really take this, this, this home for yourself. Okay? So repeat after me. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. For he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that the captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. The time of the Lord's fruitfulness. The time, the year of the Lord's fruitfulness, the year of the Lord's favor has come. Amen. Let's give God a huge round of applause. He is worthy. He is good. In this house, we are real. But we also make mistakes. And when we do, we make sure we say sorry. We give second chances to anyone. And we also have lots of fun. In this house, we definitely forgive. We also do loud. We give the best hugs. We are family. And in this house, that means we, we love. love.